3: Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah.
4: We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today.
3: Who are so excited for today's guest, we feel delocated. Oh boy.
4: Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay, John. So, our guest today. When I, I interned at Conan, Jonah, when we were in college, do you remember that?
4: I do remember. Yes.
3: Okay, and I interned there I in two thousand. T-
4: I shouldn't be talking yet,
5: right? You
3: can, you can. But...
5: <laughs> you just gave me all those instructions at the top, and I well, couldn't no, tell. We when said I start you don't talking. have to
3: pretend like you're not here, but we're just oh, gonna. Okay. Yeah, I'll wait. But just no, like as longer. kind of a general rule throughout the whole podcast, like you know, one person talks at a time, kind of a thing.
5: <laughs> okay. Well, I always felt like conversation. There's a lot of overlap, and it's not like I talk <laughs> and then you like. Oh, no, whatever, no, you. that's
3: fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll wait.
5: I guess there's more intro left. I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have. Okay. I feel like it was clear, what and was I should have.
3: I was just going to say, I missed today's guest when I interned at Conan in 2003, and people are like, oh man, you missed John You We could Blazer. also start over
5: if you'd rather, if you need to start <laughs> no, over.
3: No, going to keep going. Going to keep going. Right, this is great. And John, our guest today, who we've already heard from quite a bit, uh, is also responsible for one of my <laughs> that best... That seemed loaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're also responsible for one of my best Twitter posts. When I first joined Twitter, it was when we were filming Trainwreck together. And... Right. I wrote something... Um,
5: something really rude, I, remember, I think I yeah, recall. Yeah, I
3: wrote, like, if I have to hear any more about delocate... I took a picture with you, and I said something like, if I have to hear any more about delocated, I'm going to delocate my head.
5: <laughs> yeah. And it really, like, it was a blurred line of, is that funny or jokey? I can't tell.
3: That was funny. And she's well, genuinely... Because- I'm
5: going to delocate myself in this conversation. <laughs>
3: Well, really Jonah funny. was such a big fan of yours when I did Trainwreck. And, you know, I really had no idea who you were. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't know <laughs> who you were. And I, it's, it's
5: okay if you didn't. I don't you know. Expect I just wasn't, anyone, I so. wasn't
3: like up to speed on Delocate. And I think, as I told you earlier before we started recording today, great show. I'll never, it's great. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> I know. I haven't, I haven't, quote unquote, it's seen great. it.
5: <laughs> yeah. Delocated. It's great.
3: Well, everybody get ready for this wild ride while we introduce our guest, actor, comedian, and writer who you may know for as many years at Late Night with Conan O'Brien, creating and starring in the Adult Swim series Delocated and Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter, as well as the True TV series John Glazer Loves Gear, or his appearances on movies such as Trainwreck and shows such as Girls and Parks and Rec. Plus, you can check out his new digital album, John Glazer's Soothing Meditations for the Solitary Dog, Please welcome our friend, John Glazer. Hey, everybody. How's it going? (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hey,
4: John. So, yeah. Hi there. I wanted to talk really quickly about your soothing meditations for a solitary dog. As I told you before, I'm listening to it over and over, and it's so funny, and it's... Me and Vanessa lived in New York for a long time. It's such a specific kind of Brooklyn sensibility of, like, the entitlement, and you trying to cross the street, and, like, all of these little interactions that are so irritating. I mean... What was it like kind of making this and kind of like giving a voice to that?
5: Well, that's actually an aspect like as I was, we were editing it and I kept listening to it. I did wonder how many people will truly relate to it because it is a very, or at least it feels very Brooklyn specific as far as taking my dog out. Uh, There's the dry cleaners right there. Now there's this thing right here and there's all these, you know, guys on their e-bikes just flying around the city, not even giving a shit about red lights. And so... But hopefully, people, if you don't have that specific experience, you just have that general experience of wherever you live, just, yeah, here's the annoyances of walking around. Or maybe not, where it's just, wow, this guy is really tightly wound and (laughs) just seeing a lot of shit bother him (laughs) that he shouldn't. I think that's really the takeaway for me as I've gone through, like, I've had some weird experiences lately where the album almost pretty much came to life like close encounters with either jerky parents and more specifically these dudes on their e-bikes where it's just maybe i need to stop letting these things bother me so much and so but that's also just what the album is which i is the thing i enjoy about it um but yeah it's weird to have that meta experience of oh fuck i just went through this for real but to some version every day (laughs) right but then even like you know getting where it's like close calls and confrontations and shit like that but in any case
4: yeah because i moved out of the city about six years ago so i think i missed the e-bike thing it's it's much worse now
5: it is fucking awful they just dudes just they're all in the bike lanes where they're not supposed to be and none of them you know or i won't say none very few of them stop for red lights they're just flying through lights and i it's so infuriating and recently just had a couple of genuine close calls where you know if i wasn't paying attention or if that was just a mom with a stroller would have got plowed by a guy slamming on his brakes not even being able to stop in time it's really it's gotten really bad and it's i don't know if there's even a solution because it's just now it's just a way of life where these they're everywhere they drive like shit most of them don't care and you know what the other side's like what a shitty tough job sure sure probably not making much money trying to just I just have to stop. I just have to stop letting that stuff bother me because I'll lose my mind.
3: I I totally get it. And I is the e bike thing is is people can just there's like a station set up and people can just take a bike from the station and like
4: you're thinking of city bikes, I think.
3: Oh, okay. What's an yeah? E-bike? Those
5: are an e. It's basically the it's it's a pretty uh, heavy duty bicycle with like a big battery. Okay. And so they can. They can pedal them, but they can also just cruise around like a scooter. But they are, it's basically a motorcycle. And some of, some of the delivery guys are pretty much just driving scooters in and they're driving in the bike lanes, meaning the bicycle lanes going so fast. Oh shit. That's, (laughs) that's the hotel trying to. Oh, hello. Yeah. I'm not sure, but you know what? I appreciate you calling back, but I'm on a Zoom right now, and I, I did it on my phone. And as soon as I'm done, I'll try the computer, and I'll let you know if it works. Let me actually hold on, you guys. Sorry, this is oh fuck, they <laughs> hung up. This All is right, like well your I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for the listeners, I'm at a hotel. I couldn't get the the Wi-Fi uh, shit to work on the hotel, and I called the front desk, and then of course, oh, I think it's coming up. Anyway, so the front desk just called me in the middle of the podcast. What an exciting moment for listeners. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is working. Oh, you guys, they did it. Maybe nice. they had to restart their router downstairs.
4: Yeah, I that's I had some issues where one of my USB plugs wasn't working, and I was nervous about the podcast and restarted the computer network. Restarting stuff just works. That'll yeah. make it All right, work. so let me, yeah. I'm going to call you guys right back, okay? Okay. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> so john i'm curious like i work like full-time as a as a therapist okay and so you know a lot of what we work on is emotional regulation distress tolerance mm. is that something you're working on especially being a long-time new yorker with these kind of small things not getting to you
5: yeah i mean it really has been that's probably just why i even without even overthinking it like this made this album you know it just yeah or went down this road because i also thought about this album could go and many, many directions. Like It could have gotten much bigger and broader as far as the comedy, but I really wanted to keep it just to these very small elements, the minutia, and really things that you shouldn't let these things annoy you. I shouldn't let these things annoy me so much, and they do. And that for sure has been an issue for me as far as for years, just trying to keep my anger in check and my temper in check. And it really was, I have to say, this really bizarre experience of making this album, which I'm just living every day. And, you know, the 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 album it's not jokes necessarily. It's not a jokey thing after a jokey thing. It's more just this dry kind of ambient thing and you feel just the anger of it. And I still hope it's funny, but it's also I think just fun to listen to as an audio experience. But That was a big takeaway, strangely for me, like after making the album, after the album, just living this every day and having it getting worse and worse too. It was just realizing I have to do a better job here of keeping these things in check as far as the anger and the reactivity to these things. So that's the long answer to your question is yes. (laughs) it's been a real challenge
4: yeah has your relationship to New York changed like because I feel like as I lived there for 10 years or so then I when I first moved my subway's crowded I'm like great who cares and then as I got older I was like I don't want to be this close to people this is not cool anymore has your relationship to New York changed
5: in some ways yes and in some ways no because I feel like I've had one foot out the door for a long time you know where it's just God I'm so fucking sick of this lifestyle how hard it is how expensive and all those things you're talking about and you know since the since COVID hit I've been on the subway once and I just got sick of it I didn't I'm like it's not worth it and I love the subway as long as I can avoid rush hour Yeah, and when you can't it's just brutal for for me I just and it just starts to feel and, and we live in Brooklyn we live in a neighborhood that's nice it's Park Slope and it's we live very close to prospect park which for the last probably 5 years has just become this is going to sound corny but an absolute sanctuary for me where i do a lot of trail running and i'm in that park constantly and we just got a dog a couple of years ago and he loves to run he loves to go on long walks and hikes and so if we didn't live near the park i think i couldn't live there in new york anymore as much as i love it so in those ways yeah it's been I'd be very happy just in the woods somewhere somewhere quiet, yeah,, uh, but I get that with I get that with the park, thankfully, the park. and I still do like the neighborhood, and there are so many things about New York I still love, but it gets trickier and as you get older, and for me, it was also having kids and like, well, we can't move now, the kids are in school, and I'd feel shitty right. uprooting them and right. moving somewhere else, and you know it was never necessarily going to be l a unless they were much younger,
3: right, right
5: but I still love it. Yeah. I still love New York. I really enjoy aspects of it so much, especially the park.
3: I think that part of the reason I left New York was I was getting so annoyed with all the just how hard everything was and just how rude people were. Like mm-hmm. people always think like I guess in LA people are nicer but they're more fake, but I almost prefer that because we're from the Midwest. So in the Midwest people are genuinely nice and then like in LA it's like a mix of that and people a lot of people are pretending to be nice, but you're like, well, that's pretty pleasant. So, uh, <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, I also have those moments, you know, every time I go to LA and it's gotten harder as I've gotten older, meaning like most of my friends that I grew up with in comedy, I mean, you know, Chicago improv friends, they're all out in LA. And yeah. as the years go by, it's definitely gotten harder where I don't get to see them as much. And Right. That was one reason I was really looking forward to coming out to LA for this trip. We were talking about that before we started, just to see people. And, you know, we have friends in New York, uh, and some of those people are still there, but that's tough. But I don't know. Every time I'm in LA, I love it. I love seeing my friends. And then I'm always, I think, happy to get back to New York because I still do like it there quite a bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
5: And that's also very telling for me as far as feeling like, okay, I still do love it here. I have that gauge. I just need to, Mix it up a little more, get out more. And yeah, that makes a difference. Getting out of the city even.
3: Yeah, that's a nice thing to know. Yeah. I feel the same way, opposite. When I go to New York, I really love it now to visit. And then I'm, but then I'm happy to come back to LA. But I will say there is this thing when you leave New York. I wonder if this happens to people who leave LA where the hotels in New York have gotten so expensive. That I feel like because I lived there for so long, they should be free for me or I shouldn't have to like pay so much. Yeah, and then when I, I'm yeah, like paying that. all this money to be in this place that I lived for a long time, I'm like, this sucks. Jonah, you that is experience so, that?
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good thing to propose, I think, to the mayor, the mayor's office. <laughs> if you've lived there long enough, you get some kind of. Credit when you kind of come to visit, discount, yeah, I've, at least I had. This and you get like a COVID card. You have a COVID yeah. card where you show yeah. how long, like a citizenship card, where you show how long you, you live, live there,
3: and that's how big yeah. the discount is.
5: Oh man, I love that. That's
4: a <laughs> you know, John. Vanessa loves going to our hometown of Cleveland. Yes. Uh, do you make it back to Detroit at all, or, th- or that area as an adult?
5: Not in a while. Uh, yeah. You know, c- certainly since the pandemic, haven't been back and. We've been trying. We're going to try to get there this spring or summer because it's been a long time. But we would try to get back once a year if we could, and that always gets tricky because my wife is from San Antonio, so it's always figuring out okay, where are okay. we going to go, where are we going to go when, who gets to see the family, are they going to come see us this year? You know, it always right. There's right. a lot going on.
4: Were you a big fan of the Detroit Pistons, the Bad Boys, that era of oh, Detroit my God, basketball? Yes.
5: Yeah, the Bad Boys era was so I mean that was I, was, I guess I was in like late high school. No, I was the yeah, late high school. No, I was in college actually at that time. I have a funny bad boy story if you want to hear it.
3: I think I do too actually, Absolutely. but let's hear yours first.
5: All right, so for listeners that don't know, the Pistons and they had back-to-back championships. In my opinion, one of the most underrated teams of all time really great teams and they were very they they had a very rugged physical style of play and they became known as the bad boys i can't remember who coined the moniker but there was a pretty well known at the time like cover of rolling stone of two of the tough guys they had bill lambeer and rick mahorn right. bill and they were like and just and they were like the big like bill was a center rick was a forward and bill lambeer was one of the all-time most hated guys in the nba he's a white guy he was one of the only nba players who no matter how rich he got as an nba player his dad was wealthier like he came from a privileged upbringing he's this petulant white guy he plays a very physical brand of basketball people fucking hated him but he was really good so he and mahorn became like the you know poster boys from the bad boys and i loved mahorn he was one of my favorite players super tough physical guy after their first of their back to back championships There was an expansion draft. It was either Toronto or Vancouver. So every team had to leave one player or two players unprotected for the expansion draft. And the Pistons left Rick Mahorn unprotected. And of course, he got taken. As a fan, I was so mad. And I was in, this was probably 1990. So I'm not a 10-year-old boy who's like, "Mm, my favorite player. I'm like 20 years old. I'm basically an adult. And I reacted like a child, where, and at the time I was keeping a journal, maybe, and I would write in it maybe once every three months. Like I didn't do a good job of making daily entries, but I was so fucking mad that I like, and I was at like whatever off campus house I was living on in college. I think I was a senior or a junior, again, old enough to not make this entry. I like run to my room, grab my journal, and start angrily writing in the journal, and I have this entry somewhere in a box of storage. I'm like, I can't believe this. The Pistons left Rick Mahorn unprotected, and he got taken. I mean, we're the bad boys, and he's the baddest. <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote that as a 20-year-old young man. <laughs> we're the bad boys, and he's the baddest. Oh, my fucking
3: God. <laughs> um, well, my story is definitely not going to top that one. I, that's insane.
5: <laughs> oh my God. And I have two other... like. Yeah. The, the, and so before this, when I was in high school, I was sitting in traffic with my dad uh, and I grew up in suburban Detroit. And you know, you're, when you're doing that thing where you're sitting in traffic, I'm in the passenger seat, and you're not moving, you just kind of start looking around and you're seeing the people in the other cars. And I look next to me and the person driving is Rick Mahorn. <gasps> and I remember, you know, and this is, you know, probably in high school, just like, I remember looking, must have been just, oh, <laughs> when I realized who it was, and he's this way, and he's, you know, trying not to look because he's a <laughs> famous basketball player. <laughs> he's and used he, to this. He, he sees this young kid recognize him, and he tried so hard to be nice, but it was more of like a, hey, you know, like this begrudging, <laughs> like, ah, uh, how you doing? Uh-huh. Not like a, hey, how's it going? And I was deflated. I was like, oh, fuck. It just, it wasn't, he wasn't as excited to, oh, it almost killed me. And I didn't think about that in my journal entry. No, I forgive him, by the way. I forgive him for not giving me more in that moment because he's still the baddest. (laughs) And I told a friend of mine who's a big basketball fan, That's I've told that story many times. And for my 50th birthday, he got me, a Rick Mahorn cameo app video. Oh
3: my god. I knew, When you said Rick Mahorn, I was like, I, I wonder if this is going to be a cameo. And what did he say in the cameo?
5: It was incredible. It's it's <gasps> like your classic athlete wooden delivery, like, hey, John, it's Rick Mahorn here and your buddy Jason want, got you this for your birthday and uh, guess you're a big fan uh, of the bad boys and glad thanks for reaching out and hope you're getting a lot of gear for your birthday. Like it was just hitting all the bullet points Yeah, in the most like athlete delivery. And it's just like a cherished video of mine because <laughs> of all that stuff. Oh, God damn it.
3: I wonder how, mu- I'm looking up right now how much he charges. Only $44.
5: That's a deal. That was his number, 44. Really? That's why I lo- yeah, I love that. Good for
3: him. Yeah, I mean, but bucks. some people charge like $200. It's pretty crazy
5: to me, you know, I started doing Cameo during the... I remember when I first heard about Cameo, I was like, ugh, this is a bummer. Like, this is like bottom of the barrel, last option stuff. And I found it so depressing and I didn't want to judge because, you know, it's I don't yeah, fault right, anyone right, right, for right. making money however you can. And it's nice yes. that it's an option. But for me, I'm like, ugh, I don't know if I could ever do this, but I'll never say never because there's a lot of people out there that would probably love a, hey, you just got jammed, you know? And... You know, and I'm not going to do them like that. Right, I right, would right. make them more fun. But I still, even during the pandemic in 2020, I remember thinking, oh, maybe I'll try this. And I just still couldn't bring myself to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then I decided to give it a try during the holidays because it really, at that time, none of us knew, like, how is work going to be? How What's will it future? ever come back? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, you know, in my mind, like, now swallow your pride and just do it. And then I just fucking loved doing it. Really? I really? Yeah, because and I'm I'm I can just do whatever I want.
3: Yeah. You probably leave really good ones too because you're so funny. Like I feel like sometimes people who aren't known for like doing performing in that way. And you're an improviser, like you're probably so good at it. And
5: also I really there was something about the pandemic because I started in the spring and summer of 2020 I'd get Not a lot of them, but every now and then a message on Instagram like, oh my God, our graduation got canceled or our wedding got canceled because of COVID. Would you like send us a video like you got jammed or whatever? Yeah. And the pandemic really just changed how I thought about it. I just felt like this is a brutal fucking time for everyone. Yeah. And if I can do this short video and make someone's day, and that's exactly how it felt. Like I did a bunch of them over the holidays because I just, threw it out there. I'm like, hey, I'm being, I'm trying this for the holidays, and yeah, and it felt great. Like it really felt good. Like I, you people can write you back, and it really started to. It was just different. That's it great. Felt like I, and I didn't feel like I. I think I set mine at a hundred bucks because I thought eh, anything less, I'm gonna feel weird about it. Right,
3: right, right, right.
5: But even that, you know, like someone that I worked with, the cameo contact, he's like, think maybe think about dropping it a little more because you actually might get more. Right. Uh people if it's more affordable and at the time I'm like, I don't know, I understand, I don't disagree. I just don't know yeah. if I can and still feel good about it. And then I just kind of stopped even. And I got enough where it actually whatever. More of the point was, I yeah. really enjoyed doing it on top of just cuz it just felt good. And Yeah. It was a different way of thinking of it. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to not have to do them, but the <laughs> fact that it is an option, like really, like I'd much rather be, you know, getting paid like a considerable amount of money to to make stuff, but that's just sometimes not an option. And it's I'm glad this is there as as an option. Like that first year of 2021 when it was slowly getting back into work, like it paid my rent for a few months.
3: Yeah. And
5: I also tried tried to think of it in terms of not giving a shit so much on my side how much I was charging because that just becomes ego in some way. Yeah. Because that's still a lot of money for people. A hundred bucks. Crazy, even but also,
3: even yeah. 50 bucks. That's not yeah, cheap. Yeah. And, and sometimes like people on Real Housewives though will charge like 400 dollars Like it's like crazy. That's just gross to it, me. Because it's so it, fucking it becomes like I understand people valuing like trying to put value on their time or their whatever but at a certain point it's like you have to also keep in mind the video is like really short like it's not it's one thing it's like everyone's still put out the same amount you know what i mean like everyone is still only taking like two minutes of their day or whatever you know what i mean i don't know so it it, it does feel like it gets crazy when it gets to those high numbers
5: I think it's really... Yeah, I think it's obnoxious. Even for me, I felt like, no, oh, 100 bucks is a lot of money. And I, I do give like... They become, some of them, like three, four, five, six minutes where I'm just rambling. And sometimes I'm like, I, I wonder if these are too long. But I think most people, at least my Sensibility fans, they kind of like it. And it I'm just, sure they love that. Least, yeah. But, but for me, it felt like they're at least, I hope, feel like they're getting their money's worth and not feeling like I just paid not a little amount of money and all they did was go hey happy birthday and you got jammed and blah 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 and that's it like i'd feel ripped off
3: yeah 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 well speaking of ripping off we're gonna take a break and wow
5: good segue (laughs) really good
3: we'll be right back with america's favorite john glazer oh that's sweet
0: on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
1: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime
3: And we're back now, John. Before we get into your topic for the day, I just wanted to ask you two things. Okay, yeah. One is, did you ever do Second City Detroit? Was it happening when you were there? When I was at Second City,
5: they were just starting to make the theater, and they—I okay. was not on the stage yet. I was t- doing uh, the touring company, and they asked me. They're like, "Hey, would we'd love you to go open the theater? Wow, you know, you know, as we, you know, would you want to do just- that?" And, you know, for, cause I was from de- yeah, Detroit yeah. area and it really, I ended up saying no. And I felt like, Ooh, this is going to hurt my chances here. Like I really felt strange about it cause I didn't want to fuck things up in Chicago Yeah, yeah. by saying no to that. But at the same time, I felt like I didn't move to Chicago to go, to back, go back to Detroit.
3: A hundred percent. Yeah.
5: And I couldn't do it as much as yeah. I thought, Oh, that would be fun. Excuse me, I'm sorry. This is very rude for your listeners. I'm having <laughs> seltzer and stifling burps, and I'm trying to not have that's them be fine. loud.
3: That's right, right. I think you're doing a good job. Excuse I don't me. know that anyone would have noticed if you...
5: <laughs> well, I felt like I wanted to at least, in case someone is listening, going, he's got a... There's a lot of start and Silted. stops. And it's like he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like sucking air. Like, why is he speaking like that? Is he okay? And that's... Right, in case of course. Anyone, even if it's just one person, I don't want them to have a distracted listening experience.
3: Right. Sort of. Yeah, of course.
5: So I said no. I said, uh, I'm like, I thank you so much for asking, but I just, I want to be here. I want to be in Chicago. And Yeah. And so I, I I passed and it, thankfully they didn't hold it against me. (laughs) I don't think so. It's
3: funny because when I was in Chicago, Second City Detroit was closing and like in the later years that I was there. And then all the Detroit people came to, chicago and they were so much funnier <laughs> because i think because of just like the setup like they didn't have as many like tourists going to detroit and like ready to laugh at any not that not that the chicago people weren't funny but like the detroit was like sam richardson and tim robinson it was like such funny people but you started that so that's just part of you as well but then the other question i had was you know like i said in the intro when I got to Conan to intern in college, I think you had just left. How long were you there for, and did you love the free dinners as much as I did?:
5: <laughs> I was there almost five years to the day. OK. And yeah, the dinner the dinners were always pretty nice, like just, yeah. yeah, we got the, the writers would all get dinner and, and sit around my, one of my favorite stories about that just for the listeners, like we had there was a there was a big conference room where they'd have like the morning meeting with the staff every morning for every show. Giant room with a gigantic, like probably 30 foot long conference table. And we'd sit in that room every night and have they'd usually order from, you know, some decent restaurant. Uh so there'd be about 20 bags of food just to go bag delivery. For most of the writers and a handful of producers that had to stick around late after the show because most people would leave there's a writer there named tommy blacha i don't know if you ever heard his name or
3: maybe he was
5: he was a conan writer for a while really one of the funniest guys i've ever met and conan fans would know him he was the farting hot the gaseous wiener he was the guy in that but he was just so extremely funny and he would always do this bit any anytime, every, almost every night, when dinner showed up, so there's you know 20, 25 bags of food, and he'd come barging in with this kind of faux concern, uh, like, "All right, everybody, uh, th- there's a lot of bags here with an order this big. They're they're bound to for- get something wrong or forget your food. If if someone's food is here, isn't here? Don't worry, we're going to make sure we find it. You're not here's mine." And then he would just leave. So he'd like be. <laughs> Pouring yeah. through the bags as if he's pretending to make sure and then he's just looking for his. And as soon as he did, he'd abruptly just screamed that, Mine's here, and leave. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite thing about the free food.
3: That's oh, that's great. As an intern, we we got the free dinner if we were the ones who went around and passed out the menus and like got the orders oh, from everybody. So like the, That was the perk. Yeah. You like had to stay a little later, but then you got free dinner. And I remember being like this absolutely rocks. Now, at that time, you could you could have interns that were unpaid. I don't think that's allowed anymore. So we weren't being paid. Oh, so I think, that, but
5: wasn't it college credit? Wasn't that the thing for it was the interns? I always credit, thought it was exactly. kind of you did this thing, yeah. For it well, here's the thing: experience. it was
3: college credit for some colleges, but my college didn't accept it. So it was sort of my college, and I, I think uh, there were a lot of schools that had these le- form letters that were like. Purpose. This is really weird, and this is not a way for me to brag that I went to an Ivy League school. Okay, but I think oh that Ivy League go. schools here we yeah. go would not accept for credit for t- <laughs> would not accept credit for TV internships. So they <laughs> all had their own How form. Ill. What
5: a bunch of elitist bullshit! <laughs> <I>
3: know, but <laughs> this is really weird. Okay, which which they,
5: which Ivy League school did you I go went to,
3: to UPenn. Okay. Oh boy. And a lot of these, I remember there was a girl who went to Princeton. She had a similar thing where the colleges had this form letter that was purposely misleading that you could turn into your, like I turned it into the people at Conan that was like, once Vanessa does this internship, she will be able to submit it for credit. Like it was like purposely kind of trying to say like, yeah, you could do it, but it's not. But anyway, so the point is, I didn't actually get credit for it. I just wow. but I got a letter that made it seem like it. But I remember they paid for my subway card, and I remember thinking that was a big deal.
5: <laughs> <laughs> like a high school student. Here, yeah, yeah. Here's this. Yeah. This makes up for everything else you don't get. <laughs>
6: yeah.
5: I know it's a weird thing where it's your it's almost like when you it, even in the improv world when I was living in Chicago where you didn't get paid for doing oh. shows, but it was all about the experience, which for me, I always felt like I never expected to get paid for those. I thought, oh, I'm just getting stage time. That's invaluable. I mean, I guess a little money would have been nice, but it never bugged me so much. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, Vanessa, this is actually a great way to segue into our topic because, John, I went to Vanessa's college graduation at UPenn and her speaker, graduation speaker, was Bono. Wow. And we're here to talk to you about U2 today. That's right. Um, And I remember the speech was pretty good. That's a pretty good commencement speaker. Yeah, it's a pretty good Jonah, one.
3: Jonah, do you remember how he started the speech? I feel like... I don't.
4: Do you Although, you know, I had a good one too. Mine was James Earl Jones, and he yes. ended Holy his commencement shit. speech by saying, may the force be with you.
3: Yeah, I remember that.
4: <laughs> so he
5: didn't do like a, all is quiet on graduation day. <laughs> he, di- he didn't give you like a little kind of, a little something. No, no, I don't. With some, with some YouTube puns. Graduating from, <laughs> I'll do a shitty Irish Shibano accent. As you graduate from UPenn, always look for the edge in life.
4: <laughs> sorry, I was late. The streets here had no names. <laughs> yeah, like that should have been the
5: whole Like, everyone's excited. Like, what are these worlds of wisdom he's going to get us? Give us. And then it's 30 minutes of just YouTube puns. That would have been the best. I would have that been up yeah. for that. Oh my God. Me too.
3: Well, that's not what happened. He, <laughs> oh, but I'm so he sorry. started, Jonah, do you remember? He started, it, right? saying- he started by saying, he started by saying, my name is Bono, and I'm a rock star. <laughs> yeah! Wow. Now, do you remember it, Jonah?
4: Yeah, I, that does sound familiar.
3: Yeah, and wow. I feel like you were kind of like, funny? Uh-huh.
4: "My name is Bono, and I'm a rock star."
3: Uh, well, here's the thing that I thought was the funniest part of it, and I tried to do stand up about this before, and maybe I'll try again one day if I ever do stand up again. But <laughs> he got an. This is so funny to me. You know, sometimes speakers get honorary degrees when they do these speeches. And he, I guess, wanted and got an honorary law degree, which to me seems like...
5: Rock and roll law.
3: (laughs) Well, it's like, who's going to be like, uh, who should I call to represent me in this case? Maybe I'll call Bono. (laughs) Like, I just don't understand why you'd want such a specific degree that's like for a specific like wouldn't you just want I don't know like a doctorate or something I don't know just to to get a law degree it's like feels like you only really want one of those if you're going to practice law I guess is my point
5: sounds like he's a douchebag like it's like Trump <laughs> when, when Trump talked about the purple heart I always wanted one of these like how stupid do you have to be to even make a statement like that <laughs> that you wanted a purple heart no one wants one
4: what the right. fuck
5: like well, so yeah like he should have like, like he clearly blew this opportunity to do just YouTube puns the whole speech, and then get an honorary doctorate in like being a rock star. Like I got a do- honorary doctorate from UPenn in rock and roll law.
3: <laughs> well, I actually he, I actually did get to meet him once when he was at SNL years later, and I told him I was like, you were the speaker at my college graduation, and he was like. Oh, wow. like he was very nice about it. He was like, I'm about to go to my daughter's college graduation. And I think it's probably the daughter because I was like trying to think about how many years ago that was. I think it's... It was probably...
4: 2004 was yours. It's on YouTube.
3: Okay. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying how many years ago I saw him. Okay. Not how many years ago I graduated. I got that one. Gotcha. <laughs> you
4: know when you graduate. I'm aware
3: of that one. but Fair enough. Uh, I was trying to figure out how many years ago I met him and if it would have been his daughter. I mean, I don't know how many daughters he has, but... Now his daughter's like a really cool actress. Do you know about... Do you both know about this?
5: No. No. I'm still... I'm also distracted because I'm half listening to you and half coming up with YouTube puns in my head.
3: Okay. 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 Well, I just want to... Did either of you watch Bad Sisters?
5: No. No. I don't think so. It's
3: such a good... It's this really good show that was... It's like a... That Sharon...
5: What's... uh, Sharon Horgan. Yes. Horgan. Yeah.
3: And it's on... I think it's on Apple TV. But anyway... She's in it and she's so good in it. I think she's been in a bunch of other stuff and she's in, you know, other stuff now, but she's great in it. I was like, who is this actor? She's so good. And it's Bono's daughter. Wow. And it's like not, she's like not a Nepo baby because she's, well, first of all, that's not really his field, but also, (laughs) but she's, but she's so good.
5: (laughs) I can't believe you just said Bono's daughter is not a nepo baby. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, she's not in music.
5: Bono's like this.
3: What makes but, someone a nepo baby? Bono's like, do daughter. they have to go into the same field or any field they go into? That's
4: entertainment. Maybe would be kind of a broader. Okay. Yeah,
5: okay. yeah. I think it's just really anything. Like you're, you're at that point, you're Bono's daughter. <laughs> like I'm not, and I'm not well, saying that I will to just say I watched it and or I anything didn't... like that. Maybe she's certainly incredible.
3: But you know what? She doesn't have the she doesn't have the thing of like, I share the same, everyone knows because we have the same last name because he goes by Bono. He doesn't go by like right. Bono Weinstein or something.
5: <laughs> God, I wish that was his name. Bono <laughs> Weinstein.
4: <laughs> John, have you come up with any good YouTube puns so far? I've Since been trying to. Since I've been too. talking?
5: Only, yeah. <laughs> only one I had is, well, Vanessa, when you were saying you were going to maybe try this again... If you ever try this again, my only request is that I get to pop up in the audience as like, but I'll be called (laughs) Jono. It's me, Jono. Bono's, you know, cousin or whatever. I just want to do it. I want to come up. Now I want to come up with a bit where I'm Jono.
3: Well, I know a Jono. He was in my (laughs) show and his name is Jono and he's very talented. What? But I wonder if his parents named him that. That's
2: his,
5: Yeah.
3: His name is really Jono. It's a real name. J-O-N-O? J-O-H-N-N-O.
5: God damn it. That is fantastic. (laughs) Don't. I I mean it. That's a great name. Jono. I hope his parents just love the name John and love Bono
4: and (laughs) combine
3: them. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. I'll find out and I'll get back to you. (laughs) Jono,
4: what's your relationship like with U2's music? Like, were you into them as a kid, or what's what? Why is this kind of a nostalgic topic for you?
5: U2 was for me my four. It was like as I was transitioning from like middle school to high school, U2 became sort of I think the gateway into who I who I started to become as a person, and I'll I'll describe like this. So in middle school, you know, I was really wrapped up in you know I had a bar mitzvah. My mom at the time. Did you have a theme? No. And I probably, looking back, like there's a lot of conflicted emotions over my bar mitzvah. You know, my mom was a very much, you know, reformed Jewish person to the point that they went, she went to a humanistic Judaism temple, which I don't even think, I think they just removed God from the equation. Wow. But they really, you can still have a bar or bat mitzvah ceremony which uh and you know, as an adult looking back, I love that. But as a kid, I'm like, oh, I don't know. This is kind of weird. And no one else is doing this. And, you know, I wanted to have the bar mitzvah, like all the other kids. And I just thought I was so self-conscious of this, about how they did things like the bar mitzvah service there is you've talk about a jewish figure perhaps and you you do an in-depth report or you can come up with your own service i mean it's so wow wide wow. open to do whatever makes you feel right and i think there's also a community service aspect of it where you have to do something in your community charitable you know charitable or figuring something out where you're literally thinking of things to help you become a man or a woman so to speak where you're being more responsible so it's not just about memorizing hebrew and spitting it out and at the time i was self-conscious about man this is weird and i wanted the more traditional bar mitzvah service where i learned a torah portion and did all that because that just seemed like that's what you do and ended up doing it at a conservative synagogue like wow. when i look back on this i cannot fucking believe and my mom to her credit you know part of me feels like why did not my mom say no this is not We're not raising you like this, but she was just letting me do what I wanted to do, I think to her credit. But when I look back and I invited like all the popular kids and there's so many kids I did not invite that I was really more friends with. And I look back on that and that's even one where I'm like, why did my mom say, well, you're not inviting, you're not not inviting these people. And (laughs) and, you know, and so and and a lot of them weren't Jewish. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure. And and when I look back on it now, it's just an absolutely meaningless thing. Like the older I got, religion just became less and less important to me. Being a Jewish person, like going to synagogue just felt it felt culty to me with all the call and response. Like I'm like, this is crazy. No one knows what they're saying. No one in here knows the Hebrew. They're just here to be here. Right. It's just going through the motions. And so when I started high school in ninth grade, I really started to feel like, wow, I, I don't like these people that I've been trying to be friends with. Like these are not, I don't, these are not people I really enjoy the friendships. And the
3: popular kids.
5: The popular kids. And it was, you know, as I just started playing sports in high school and leaning into more of the people that I really was becoming friends with. And and I was friends with a lot of them, or friendly, but I just started to have this shift in high school of feeling like that's just not my crowd and who I am. And and so a couple of the friends that I had had that I was becoming better friends with in high school, like it became more like new wave music, punk music, starting to be turned on to bands like that. And U two at the time was, you know, I think uh, the unforgettable fire was the big album at the time, and I just got so into U two really just loved them, became one of my favorite bands. And, um, that sort of became the transition into like getting into that sort of scene with music, fashion, friends, theater, comedy. And one of my favorite things about that was in 10th grade, I remember like, man, I got to get a U2 shirt. Like I had to get a t-shirt to wear. And there was a really cool record store near where I lived and they had albums and t-shirts as well and i wanted to get one and i was not willing to be they, they didn't didn't have a big selection but i had to get one like i didn't think oh well, let me wait for the right t-shirt and the only one they had was like it was just heather gray and it said u too like in kind of like white almost like paint type of texture and then like a red line above and below it and it was a size small and it was so fucking tight on me. <laughs> but I just had to have a U2 shirt to wear to school. And I just remember that vividly just having this clingy tight U2 shirt that I thought was so cool, but it was way too small. But there was like that was really the band where I could feel myself getting turned on to other things musically. Like there was a kid and oh uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name, but he like dressed at the at the time the Edge there was that Red Rocks live album they had and there was a couple of really great just concert videos at the time of them from that show Red Rocks in Cal- or Colorado that outdoor amphitheater yeah and the edge in that video was wearing i think jeans and like like probably black military style boots and then a white t-shirt with a cut-off sleeved flannel over it and it was such a cool look and so many guys wore that look and i remember this one guy and like science class and I never went that route but it just be whatever U2 was like a gateway band to a lot of different things but my favorite part was the tight t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> I ended up going to see them at the Pontiac Silverdome which is where the Detroit Lions used to play U2 played there and I went with all the like a lot of the guys I should have invited to my bar mitzvah like Nick Gronkowski, Jack Kenny Jamie Meyer, Larry Farrar like all these guys that I was friends with more in high school that didn't make the bar mitzvah cut. Sorry. Did they guys.
3: invite you to their bar and bat mitzvahs? The kids,
5: no. Oh, you mean the kids that were, that I invited?
3: That you did not invite?
5: The kids I didn't invite, there was only one that was Jewish. Most of them okay. weren't even Jewish kids. Okay. And all the other kids, I probably got invited to theirs because that was just, you invite your classmates and, you know, right. still just, you know, friends with them here and there, friendly with them here and there, but realized wasn't until high school, it was just, oh, I'm. Trying I'm to be friends in with the, the wrong kids, kids. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't like these people. And plenty of them, plenty of them nice, but some jerky and whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. hard to talk. It seems about. Seems like you I learned know, a lot
3: boy. from that. I was going to ask of. you, and you've sort of explained it uh, when you were saying you were, you got really in high school. You got really into music and fashion. So you, by fashion, you mean dressing in the style of in kind of a rocker way. <laughs> I mean
5: not really. I think I was still when I went into high school just I was very much all about playing sports. You know, it was ninth and 10th grade where all of these transitions right. were happening. It was probably more like sophomore year that I started yeah. getting more into that and then, you know, going with friends to thrift stores and finding thrift store cool like old vintage clothes. Right. Things like that, wearing penny loafers with jeans and, you know, just different you know, a lot of that kind of pretty in pink ducky kind of style. That yeah. was really, really popular at the time. And, you know, just becoming, you know, and then in junior my junior year is when I gave up baseball to try out for a play and got it. And that's when I was kind of realizing, oh, these are, I hate when people say my people, but this was like, oh, this is my world. Interesting. Like, this is-
3: and what's the play and what was your part? The
5: play I did, well, the thing that got me into it was in 10th grade they did an all school assembly where we all watched the school like the theater department they were doing Grease. And I remember watching it going, oh this looks fun. And I had always thought about comedy and acting but I really enjoyed watching that and so for junior year when I gave up baseball it was a one act play it was called The Ledge, The Ledger and The Legend. I remember the name <laughs> and I barely remember the premise. It was three guys like on the ledge of a building. One guy's waiting in a jump. One guy's talking the other guy down. Whoa. I can't remember yeah, intense. I can't remember this. Yeah, I can't and I can't remember who I was, but I really enjoyed just the I enjoyed being in a play and I enjoyed the people I met more. And so from there Also on, it's a
3: three person only three actors in this play?
5: Three actors and just a one act play.
3: And this is your first time auditioning and you're getting one of three parts? Pretty
5: Oh yeah, I wasn't even I didn't mean it, mean it in that way, but I guess so, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, wow. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty pretty goddamn good. Listen, game recognized game. Cream rises at to the top. When you see talent, <laughs> you know it. And that's probably how the theater teachers thought. <laughs> Who's this kid? Where where's he been the first two years of school?
4: The opposite kind, of the opposite experience. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was in sports, our I was in our after school year. theater program, and I'm still mad about how under undervalued I was, and I talk about it a lot.
5: How right? so? Like undervalued? Just, Your talent wasn't being recognized. Not uh, getting the roles over, you wanted. Yeah. Passed
3: over for the best roles. You know, absolutely undervalued in in every in every circumstance, and you know have I have obviously you know had a fair level of success as an adult, obviously. Hmm. Uh, okay. But still, kind of mad at the people who passed over me when I was, let's call it, twelve. Are
5: they alive? These teachers? These?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever considered? <laughs> yeah. And they're still, and they're still doing the same program. They're still running it, probably undervaluing uh, new kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, unless they have a lot of, you know, gumption like me, and they go, oh, these these jokers don't know anything. <laughs> I'm going to show them one day, and that's not you, why I went into comedy. But look,
5: you didn't go into comedy to prove other to prove adults wrong.
3: I I guess. Well, when you put it that way, <laughs>
5: <laughs> do you ever now as an adult look back and feel like, oh, not getting these things helped in certain 100%, ways? A hundred percent. Yes.
3: Well, that's that's I do think that or allowed my, other things to my, happen. My it, it all joking aside, my experience Whoa. as a kid.
5: <laughs> All joking aside.
3: All joking aside. Stop I'm not joking, here for John.
5: I nope. fucking do this podcast you, to put you jokes ask aside. It.
3: You asked for a real a- you asked a real question. I'll give you a real answer. Um, I do think if I'd gotten all the good parts, it would have been such a bummer when I then went to Chicago and started auditioning for stuff and didn't get any. Like it, it. it I yeah. do think it's a good lesson to like.
4: You're like the opposite of a
3: nepo baby. I was the opposite of a Nepo baby, 100%. Yeah. I feel like our dad's packaging company and our mom teaching at the JCC wasn't getting me those parts. You know, once... Yeah.
5: So Bono Bono Weinstein's packing company, (laughs) which I would also like that t-shirt. What's your dad's name?
3: Todd. And you've never heard us... Todd-O. Todd... Well,
5: Todd's good. I am Tado's sort of daughter. a nepo
3: baby in that in the packing
5: business world.
3: Well, he thinks he's the we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but he thinks he's the first person to ever be named Todd. So in a sense, I am <laughs> I am a nepo baby in that I'm the first Todd's daughter and Jonah's a nepo baby in that he's the mm, first Todd's son. That's pretty good. But I'm not sure what that garners us if that Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah.
5: Yeah. That is it. That is still a long ways away from being Bono's daughter.
3: <laughs> well says you, John.
5: Yeah, true. Listen, that's all relative. It's all perspective. A well, lot of people... It's
3: all relative.
5: What is also like, what are the, just to be Bono's daughter, the pressure, <laughs> the, you know, what are, I mean, God.
3: God, I, I don't know. So, something happened with that pressure that turned her into a really good actor. I got to tell you, she's very like talented.
5: The, hearing the whispers like,
3: God, this right,
4: right, right. Or like, hey, is your dad coming to visit sometime? What's your, with your dad around, yeah, you know? He's, he's going to come to set, right? I mean, not that that's why we didn't cast you because of
5: that, but, <laughs> you know, don't get us wrong. You're great. But I mean, you know, if your dad came by sometime, that'd be great. And maybe Larry Mullen or <laughs> Adam Clayton or, yeah, I
3: don't know, whatever. He could bring the whole band, honestly. Like we <laughs> we have room. We have like, we have space for them if they want to like sit and watch or whatever. They
5: could sit over on that
3: mini stage we
5: erected. <laughs> if they, ever Maybe want, if, show, they if they their, want to
3: bring their instruments. Yeah.
5: yeah. We have a little lighting kit. Anyway, just let us know. It's always going to be here for the whole shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Bono's daughter. Oh, man. That's like, well, that makes me think of, is that hotel in LA still there? The farmer's daughter? It was near the Grove.
3: Our producer, Olivia, saying no.
5: No, it isn't. That was cool. Getting that immediate text. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to if there was a hotel just called The Bono's Daughter. <laughs> it would have to have the the in it. The Bono's Daughter.
3: <laughs> I really highly recommend you guys watch this show she's in. And you won't even know which one is her. And then you'll... Well, maybe... I guess of all of the daughters, she it's a bunch of sisters. I, I guess of all of them, she's the one that looks the most like Bono if you know... But I did not know.
5: I was, yeah, I was going to say, I'll bet you $1,000 I will look at the poster and immediately go, there's Bono's daughter. $1,000 is a lot. That was pretty arrogant of me.
4: <laughs> yeah, John, that's like 10 um, cameos. You sure you want to put that up for this? <laughs> <laughs> I did drop my price to
5: 75. I'm like, that's a good split the difference price. Because yeah. I yeah. did have a couple of months. Because you know what sucks about, well, it's actually fair. Like the app, they they take a, Percentage sure as now the this but then is like a- there's an Apple fee and a Google fee. I'm like
3: oh, a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Are you allowed to share this? How much does Cameo take? I'm always so curious of this. What percentage?
5: I don't remember honestly. I think it's like it's probably like a similar agent fee, like ten percent or something. Oh, it's, it's it's
3: pretty low. It's not like they're taking fifty percent.
5: No, I don't. Okay, th- no, no, no. It's not that much, but it does become a thing where you have to figure out what money is worth it, even for sure. your yeah. time to. Oh yeah, and I've just never because I heard a story about like I guess one of the guys from the office, one of those character, like one of the excuse me, office characters made a million dollars or something like that one wow. year doing cameo, which sounds crazy but kind wow. of incredible. Like if you're just doing your own thing and you can just do them when you want, say whatever you want. I mean, it's
3: yeah,
5: kind of awesome, really. And it's been a nice option, and thankfully, I really enjoy doing them. They're really fun because I don't I can just do whatever I want and people. Enjoy it. It's kind of hilarious.
4: Well, we're going to take a quick break, but John, I wanted to let you know before we go that there is a Bono impersonator on Cameo for seventy five dollars. Oh Whoa. my god! And he's a stand-in. He's Bono's official stand-in body double and tribute artist. Wow! And he okay, really so- looks like him. He really looks like Jonah,
3: him. John, can you? Yeah,
5: is he, he called this. Stand Stand o Stando Ino, <laughs> <Stand-o-ino>. <laughs> or maybe it could be his name is Stan dino like his first name is stan
3: wait i'm gonna show you on the screen
5: yeah oh yeah the good idea oh here we go now i wonder if he has a daughter that's getting into acting
3: (laughs) wow he really does look bono's
5: daughter and bono's stand-in oh you're bono's are you bono's daughter no i'm bono's stand-in's daughter oh well
3: (laughs) do you see this john
5: Oh, wow.
3: That's pretty, that's a pretty good. That is hilarious. Yeah.
5: Wow. What is going on? Is that his artwork behind him? (laughs) Is that some Zootopia tour artwork?
3: Yeah. Let's see. Does he sound, does he sound like him? Let's, I'm playing.
5: Is he Irish? I hope not.
2: (laughs) Oh,
3: listen, listen, listen to him. (laughs) A message
2: from Robert. Robert Brill wanted me to reach out to you both. Oh my God! I understand that you and Robert have been friends since college, and that's great, man.
5: He's putting on a fake. That's a fake, that's fake accent.
3: I know. I was going to say. I don't know if we're allowed. To, I don't. I don't <laughs> oh, know that the accent <laughs> is that.
5: Can I tell you a real grandpa? A real grandpa move I just did. Yeah. I have. I have my my earbuds in. But then when you said, oh, listen to this, I went like this. I leaned my (laughs) ear closer to my phone. God damn it.
3: Well, with that, we're going to take a commercial break. And we'll be back with Old Man Glazer, JK, (laughs) LOL, right after this.
0: On how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes, and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
1: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writers' room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month. No matter what kind of entertainment you love, addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A and E Crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on Haya. searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote
6: And we're back.
3: Yes,
5: I just enjoy because you know we're just recording this. You can put a pause in it during the edit, and then do the commercial. But I really like that you don't take a pause right yeah. now. That made me. That was pretty fun. Okay, good.
3: <laughs> well, John, unless you have anything left, do you have any last words about YouTube before we play an absolutely fun game? I don't
5: know. I don't, probably not. I don't know <laughs> if we're going to top you, Bono's stand-in's daughter. <laughs> so I probably just go out on that.
3: You're absolutely right. Incredible. Pretty good. Right now, we're going to play a game that Jonah named (laughs) Congratulations, You Played Yourself, Product Edition.
5: Congratulations, You Played Yourself.
3: And in this new segment, we're going to discuss three products that were discontinued in 2023 Mm. and pick which one of them we'd like to bring back. In other words, which one of these corporations that canceled the product completely played themselves. Jonah, do you want to start with this first one?
4: Yep. So the first one is AHA Seltzer Water. This is taken from CNN Business. Coca-Cola's attempt to make LaCroix to be a LaCroix competitor fizzled out less than three years after its debut. It was a lineup of flavored seltzers with a splash of caffeine. They came out in 2020, never really caught on, and Coke announced in October they would no longer be making AHA, uh-huh, they would be focusing on their more popular Tapo Chico lineup. But they will still be sold in Canada. AHA uh-huh will still be sold in Canada. John, what are your thoughts on AHA oh, wow. uh-huh, seltzer water? I see you're drinking a Pellegrino right now, so clearly you're a seltzer fan.
5: I do like seltzer quite a bit. I Actually, you no, know, I don't love Pellegrino, but that's all they had at the, gotcha. at the market near my hotel here in here in Frisco. Uh, <laughs> I do prefer like, a, I like... I do like Perrier. I think it's a little crisper and cleaner, I don't know, whatever. But I, I never even heard
4: of it. Aha. Yeah. Do you get like, into the flavored it, was, seltzers at all? Not really. I, don't,
5: I, I prefer just a plain, crisp, cold seltzer. The flavored ones depends. Most of them I don't like. God, what a terrible name. Aha. <laughs> I mean, how annoying. And now there's so like, I tried White Claw for the first time over the summer and it was so disgusting. Yeah. Just gross. I do like Topo Chico. I've never had their flavored ones. Yeah.
4: I, don't, I didn't know it was yeah. owned by Coke. What the fuck, man. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. So. But it's good seltzer. It is good. Yeah. So no, no strong feelings for AHA uh, other than not I liking the heard name. I never heard of it. I didn't, never heard didn't it. even know it was
5: a thing. Okay. Yep. Caffeinated seltzer sounds awful.
4: Yeah. So I'm 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 with John on this one too. I, I, I don't, I don't think this is good. I do like seltzer water. I'll drink some of them. I do like some flavored ones. Topachuco is really good. And I have, I think, had a flavored one that's good. But yeah, this sounds gross. I'm sure it's totally artificial flavored. It's owned by Coke. Never bought this. Never even thought about it. I like Spindrift. Spindrift's pretty good.
5: I think mm-hmm. Spindrift's are great. The, yeah. the lemon, the grapefruit, I like the lime. Those are really good because they're not sweetened and you just get right. that natural fruit flavor. Those exactly. are delicious. Yeah. Those so, I like quite a bit.
4: Aha, sounds like the joke's on you. Vanessa, what do you think? Think about this.
3: Well, I'm actually bummed about it.
4: Okay, interesting.
3: Just kidding. I've never heard of it. Um, <laughs> I know. And, I, I'm
5: looking up their packaging yeah. right now on my computer that is working now. I think with the and the Yeah, I don't. I don't like the packaging. I don't like their yeah. logo. Yeah. No thanks. Good. Good riddance.
3: Yeah. I um, fuck off. I, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I. <laughs>
1: I if never there was a seltzer called
5: Aha's Daughter, I'd drink that seltzer. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry. Really, really go, into the well, quite, go to the seltzer well too much on that one.
3: Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Quite a no, bit. No, it's all... So, I agree with both of you. I've never heard of Aha, and I'm not really going to miss it. Now, so by our logic, um, Coca-Cola has not played themselves because yeah. they did the right thing here. Okay. Yeah. So the next anything, one, what took
5: them so long? Exactly. Uh, Right?
3: So the next thing on this list is Anchor Steam Beer. So Anchor Brewing, which had been America's oldest craft brewer with 127 years in the business, closed down in July and marked the end of its flagship Anchor Steam and Other Beloved Beers. The San Francisco-based company, that's where you are right now, John, San Francisco, the company blamed its closure on a combination of challenging economic factors and declining sales since 2016, said a press release. Okay, very general. Some fans also blame mismanagement under Sapporo, Uh, the Japanese beer company uh, that bought it in 2017 for its demise. Okay, that's a little bit of uh, goss. Uh, It was Mm. another blow for the craft brewing industry, uh, which has been struggling for a variety of reasons, including changing consumer habits, rising costs, and lingering supply chain challenges. So what do you think, John, about the end of Anchor Steam Beer?
5: I guess my first reaction is I don't give a shit. You know, (laughs) just from the standpoint of like, whatever. But I mean, I'm certainly sorry for all the people that don't have jobs because of that. I know it was a popular... I'm not a huge beer drinker. And uh, I don't know if I even had ever had anchor steam i always like their their logo and i like their bottles i don't know if i ever even had it so that's not like a beer that i like that i drank it's certainly a bummer from the standpoint of small craft beer companies that became successful and made money and all that the small company aspect of it is great and sad but if they had been bought out by socorro i don't know hopefully the people that started the, the company at least made a lot of money and it didn't affect them but That's too bad. I I always felt like maybe it's an iconic beer and well-known, like I for sure heard of it Yeah. as opposed to uh aha. So that one sounds like more of a bummer and there's a nostalgia feel to it. That's too bad. And I don't know, did they play themselves? I don't know. I mean, is it coming back? Like are people is there gonna be an out a backlash?
4: Right. Uh, yeah, I read some stuff uh, like the employees were trying to get together and buy it back or they're trying to do some kind of co op type thing, but I don't know. Um, I think it's one of those beers I think it is a really good beer. I don't think it's a beer that makes it out to the East Coast a lot. So that might right. be why you don't see it as much in New York. Um, but yeah, I thought but it I was feel a beer. Like I've always heard of it, oh it seemed like yeah. a pretty yeah. well
5: known big beer. I'm surprised to hear that it close completely if not just scale back.
4: Right. Yeah. 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 So Something's yeah. Something's going on here guys. Something Something's happened. going on. Something yeah. smells something
5: smells fishy in the Anchor Steam. Closing. Yeah.
4: I agree. So yeah. So hopefully they can do something but yeah I think this one is is a bummer. I don't drink a ton of beer these days but uh, yeah, it was always a good beer kind of iconic like you said and hopefully the employees can figure something out. So uh yeah it's not owned by Coca-Cola so that's good. Vanessa what mm-hmm. do you think?
3: Um, I, I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not a huge beer drinker. Right. Hmm. So I don't know how familiar I was with this beer. And by that, I mean, I'm I'm not familiar with it, but I feel, yeah, it's been around for a long time. It feels like they had a lot of really loyal, uh, employees and stuff. It's a bummer. I do feel like this company did play themselves. Maybe they played themselves when they sold out to Sapporo, you know, but I know that it's hard to, this is a hard business, you know? It's hard to. Yeah, you can't.
5: I don't hold it against the people that started the company to try to cash in. Like, there's a shoe company, a running shoe company called Ultra, A L T R A, and I think they got. You know that happens when you get bought out by a big company. The quality goes down, and is usually the case. And I think that happened to that shoe company, and they're even changing. Like their their whole premise is they have a wide toe box to let your toes naturally Mm -hmm. splay. And then something they call zero drop, where your heel is not raised. It's more of a natural foot shape. And recently, they came out with a shoe where they're not doing that. And it just feels like, oh, you're not even your brand Yeah, you're anymore. not even... You're just going to yeah. do whatever.
3: Sounds like they so really played themselves.
5: They might have. Yeah, that's a future episode.
4: Yeah. We're going to have to cover that. Yeah, I think
5: you now should.
3: Jonah, this next one is very controversial this <laughs> to our last dad. One do you want uh,
4: to To your dad? Yeah. It is to our dad because our dad is a big fan of this. Uh, Wendy's grilled chicken sandwich, one of Wendy's healthiest options, a grilled chicken sandwich was kicked out of the coop. Okay,
5: the so person you know, writing
3: says, this says loves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
4: I
5: already love the story. Kicked out of the coop. <laughs> kicked out of. That's got to be the title of the book. Kicked out of the coop, the story of Wendy's Grilled Chicken, the demise.
4: In March, the chain overhauled its poultry offerings uh, with a new grilled chicken ranch wrap to its menu in place of a traditional sandwich. Of course, other chains like Chick-fil-A, Whataburger, and even Panera still sell grilled chicken sandwiches for those needing their cutlet fix. John, what do you think about the end of Wendy's grilled chicken sandwich? Jerk
3: saying for those needing their cutlet fix, it's like it get a it's life, a you Yeah,
5: <laughs> I really just laughed the hardest at and even Panera. <laughs> 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 like I wouldn't even have like Chick Fil A, Whataburger, and then I would not have expected Panera to be the next thing. The yeah, next company right. said, but yeah, uh, I don't know. That's always tough when you know the even a fast food chain when you get something you love. And then they get rid of it. I don't know. I don't know what the market was. Uh, I don't sure. know how popular it was i don't I can't feel bad for a company like Wendy's. I certainly feel bad for the people that love the sandwich, but maybe that's you know, I would just say turn this into an opportunity for growth and find a better option anyway. yeah um, so yeah I, I i don't feel I feel emotionless about this
3: okay okay, okay,
4: yeah. I feel like. Sometimes the healthy options don't do well at these kind of restaurants because that's not what people are going there for.
3: Right.
5: Yeah, that's very oh, it's too bad. I like the healthy options at the fast food places. Yeah. 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 I hope you know what I I (laughs) hope this one I hope this one comes back to 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 haunt Wendy's. I'll say that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I that's think they
5: weird. really made a mistake.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, yeah, I would try this. I mean, I, I don't eat a lot. Of, I, I don't want to know where the chicken came from. I'm not sure I would try this, but, uh, but it sounds good in theory. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
5: <laughs> the first time I came to New York, the first meal I had was Wendy's in wow. Times Square somewhere. Wow. And I so deeply regret, I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> I was yeah. like in college. I'm like, oh, I'm on a budget. I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'll go to Wendy's. Like, go get a fucking New York slice. Right. Yeah. I just went to Wendy's. I was so. You still remember. Yeah. I'm uh, so mad at yeah. myself. I do. I have a. Yeah. you got to forgive yourself time. for that,
4: John, though. It's, you, you know, got to let, let it, it go. go. Yeah. That one
5: doesn't haunt me as much, but it, every now and then will come up. Like, if I ever have, yeah. I think anytime I have a New York slice of pizza, it's always just, oh, God damn it.
4: Vanessa, what do you think
5: about well, the Wendy's? It's.
3: There is still a grilled chicken a new grilled chicken ranch wrap which I I'm sure our dad our dad has a lot of strong feelings about particularly the chicken from him about chicken this. offerings at these places from Todd. but
1: yeah, you know I just a
3: had a flashback time. do you remember when we were younger the fact that Wendy's had a baked potato everyone was like Wendy's is so healthy because they have a baked potato <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it didn't
5: seem like a cool thing like oh that's their thing we got to do baked potato
3: yeah, it was like it's so healthy. revolutionary that it's like, and obviously, like, wasn't that healthy because then they give you like sour cream and chives and stuff. Like, it right. was probably like, you know, it's a lot of car. It was, it was, but, but I remember being like, wow, Wendy's is really progressive and cool. They've got a baked potato. But <laughs> this day and age, I feel like getting rid of the sandwich, I, I don't know. I, it, it's, they didn't really get rid of it. They just added ranch to it. It sounds like, and called yeah. it the ranch. This is, this is so yeah. I, I don't feel too concerned about it. I I feel like um they're trying out a new a new a new version. Let's see how that does. You know.
5: And really, you know, this is interesting that we're kind of wrapping things up with Wendy's because really, Wendy became also at some point known as Dave Thomas's daughter. <laughs> and so we've got a very similar theme going on here through right. the podcast they really should re- they should rebrand wendys as dave Thomas's daughter that should yeah. be the new name of the restaurant cuz that's who, right wasn't it they started or using him in the ad it to like, daughters.
3: Oh, daughters well there's a deli here called daughters but oh, what shit
5: daughters no i think i, I think you got to go like who's that feels like Dave Thomas's daughters. Dave Thomas's yeah, daughter. Dave Thomas's daughter. Now, does he have an, any other daughters? Are they upset that they didn't get a restaurant named after them? Are they all don't have red I hair. Don't feel
3: like they had commercials recently where he was like, "When my daughter Wendy, it is really his daughter, right?"
5: Yeah, I don't think they were yeah, recent, but I remember they yeah. they really pushed him in their campaign, probably because it was he's like a Wilford Brimley, just lovable old. Guy, and let's put him in the ads. And. Yeah,
3: it's funny that Wendy, especially the cartoon version of her, is more recognizable to me than Dave Thomas. Whereas to you guys, like you don't even know what, what Bono's daughter looks like, and you would recognize Bono more easily.
5: All right, I'm looking up on my, my now functioning computer Bono's <laughs> daughter, Bad Sisters, Eve Houston, Eve Hewson. Eve Hewson.
3: Yeah, is Bono's last name Houston? Is it Bono Houston?
5: No, I thought it was something else. All right, I'm seeing a picture of her. You know what? I would have no, no idea, idea that was Bono's yeah, daughter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
4: his his name is Paul David Houston. Wow, mm.
3: he doesn't even have Bono in his name.
4: No,
5: <laughs> and I'm sure it's been discussed to death, but I don't even know why he's called Bono.
3: Oh yeah, that's a good question.
5: I would did it ever, Was there ever a thing like did you hear about Bono? Got mono. <laughs> uh, well, no,
3: I haven't heard of that, but John, shows just can- keeps- to
5: the, the show's canceled tonight, folks. Bono got mono. That's the stage <laughs> manager comes out to a huge stadium. Hey, everybody. Show's canceled. Uh, Bono got mono. Uh, we'll refund tickets. Just write the company. Uh, sorry about that. Well, can't the band just come out and do like instrumentals? No. What can you do? Bono got mono. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Even rock stars get mono, guys.
3: Very cool. Uh, so, So, John, if you had to pick which of these companies played themselves the most, and by that we mean which company made a mistake by canceling their product... Would you pick Aha Seltzer Water, Anchor Steam Beer, or Wendy's Grilled Chicken Sandwich?
5: I'm gonna go Anchor Steam Beer. I think there's the most potential for backlash with that one. I think, like we talked about, Aha, who gives a shit? Uh, Wendy's chicken—they got out. Uh, so they're not gonna feel the effects of that. They got right. too many other things. Anchor Steam, I think, holds a. There's a passion for that. It's a craft beer that was taken over and and run run out of town, and people are. There's gonna be a. Or response to that one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We may not we
5: may not feel it for years,
3: but it's coming. But we will. Okay. And Jonah, what do you think?
4: Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree with John. I'm looking up some updates. Looks like Anchor Steam is being sold in January. It looks like Whoa. former workers are trying to resurrect it. So it seems like there's Oh, that's good. They're saying it could have new owners or disappear. So we don't know. But yeah, I think I think they played themselves by shutting it down. I think Sapporo. Ultimately, is the one to play themselves because they're losing a whole Such product. A, that people yeah, yeah. this is a yeah. kick-ass.
5: Their their logo is awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at a can that's just yellow and blue, like great graphic design, great color scheme, everything. Like, why, why not yeah. try to keep that going? Exactly.
3: Oh, yeah. that's exactly.
0: infuriating. That's yeah.
5: I'm that's, getting more angry the
3: more I'm yeah. thinking about it. I can tell you're up. really starting to get worked up over there. John. What <laughs> the
6: fuck, man! <laughs> <laughs> I would act.
3: agree. I would agree that Anchor Brewing slash Anchor Steam Beer, I, they play, I would say and Sapporo played themselves the most. But happy, you know, happy that the employees there are trying to bring it back.
4: Yeah, let's uh, wish, yeah, we wish them part, the best of luck.
3: Yeah, we wish them the best of luck.
4: That part certainly
5: is shitty.
4: Well. That was really fun. John, where can people well, find that out? A
5: really just, <laughs> just like, what's the right word for that? Just like struggled, like, to the finish there. <laughs> like, <laughs> we stop,
4: we stopped right
5: before the I finish line. I sure just if you were done I, <laughs> being... I was done.
4: I gotta say, though, I
5: love this can.
4: Yeah, the can is
5: cool. I'm yeah,
3: looking at The can is it's cool. It's cool. great,
5: great now, Speaking
3: logo. of cool cans, John, where can people find you?
5: <laughs> find me?
3: Yeah, just like, if they want to find your your album find out more about you the projects where can they where can they see you perform etc
5: I see I guess the best place is I only do Instagram as far as social media okay that's the only place I post stuff the album that I made is on Pretty Good Friends is called The Label that's the label it is on Pretty Good Friends Records um So, go to the link. You can stream it or you can buy it. Certainly, I prefer people buying it, but I understand that's not always easy. And I'm as guilty as anyone. John
3: Glazer Soothing Meditations for the Solitary Dog.
5: That is the name of the album. Yes. It is
3: really funny. And it's not, and you know what else I like about it? It's not super long. Like, I feel like sometimes comedy albums are so long that you go, I got to go get groceries or something.
5: Yeah. We, it was actually not even 25. It was, I think came in around, maybe it was a little over 25 minutes and we ended up tacking on like, I won't give anything away. There's nothing to give away, but we just have like five minutes of manufactured cricket noise at the end. So (laughs) it could be 30 minutes, which was like, well, if you, if we, if you want to submit it for a Grammy it's got to be 30 minutes. Oh, that's and I just really be funny because I
3: was like, is this going to, well, I don't, I won't give it away for anyone, but it's a great it's the ending. the only
5: reason we did that. And one, we got a really nice review in Paste magazine, but they said, oh, the ending's a little lame. And I'm like, well, that was the point. Like we kind of <laughs> did it on purpose and there's really shitty like sound effects, which were, we didn't think they were funny. They're intentionally bad. And I just thought that in and of itself was fun because it's just super quiet and then the occasional, like, like an old timey car yes, horn, which is, yes. it's not meant, it's not meant to be <laughs> funny. So. Sen-
3: well, I think the funniest part though, is that it doesn't, you, you keep expecting like there's going to, something's going to happen before it ends. And then it just ends with that. <laughs> I just think that and then it just goes on. funny. And it's, that makes it so much funnier yeah. that you don't, I think that the, per, the paced person maybe needs to paste together a sense of humor. <laughs> I like
5: that part of it and I also just because it was also organic to the idea like well yeah. I guess she's going to put her phone down and uh <laughs> just listen to the crickets for 5 minutes which is genuinely soothing. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it comes back to the idea of what it wanted to be. Yes. And I just think it's a really funny ending even though there's really nothing going on. I enjoy that quality. Yeah. Of it.
3: Yes. So people can find you on Instagram, they can listen to your new album and Yeah, if I'm ever
5: doing live shows, they can I usually post them on Instagram. That's really the only social media I do.
3: And did you give us your Instagram handle name?
5: It's 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 my name, but spelled there were other John Glazers that had already taken it, so I had to spell it differently. I think if you just look up my name, you'll find it, but it's on Instagram it's J A H N G L A Y Z E R. John Glazer.
3: Okay, okay. Jan, right. That's right.
5: Yeah, so um, it's very kind of very much my Midwest roots. And like, hey, John, get that kind of hard <laughs> consonants, and uh, but that's kind of a fun little tip of the cap to the Midwest roots. Right, we love it. My friends and I, who's from Detroit, we talk like Midwest ladies all the time to each other.
3: We're from Cleveland, so we have the same kind of flat A's thing going on. My, I have cousins that were from, are from South Euclid. Very close. Not
4: far. Not far from South Euclid. That's where our dad's friend's custard company is.
5: Yeah. East Coast oh, wow. Custard.
3: East Coast <laughs> Custard. Check it out.
5: Yeah. East Coast Custard. That's a good name.
3: Yeah. Yeah. its uh, You're not the only one who thinks so. It's very successful. Okay. Well, that was very fun. Thank you so much to John for joining us. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird. We will discuss more stories from our childhood and culture's touchstones like you too, and Bono and his very successful daughter.
5: Sorry, I was gonna make, I was gonna throw in a quip about East Coast custard, but the sure, website's taking a long well, time. What's funny to load. is that,
3: oh, that's a fun logo.
4: His daughters are now running East Coast custard.
3: Oh my God, you're right. i was right.
4: gonna ask, I'm like, <laughs> wow,
5: look at this. It's very like small town looking. Oh, great photos. Oh, oh God, Jonah, that's you're right. His gross. daughters
3: are running East Coast yep. custards. Yep. The theme of this episode really is. Daughters Just daughters Running the world Daughters Daughters. Who
4: runs the world? Daughters (laughs) Who runs the world?
5: Daughters
3: That's right